I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, 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 we're back again, James Clement. How are you over there? It's just fun to be talking about the new series and just <laughs> like that with you, my wife, Claire Tonti. Hello. Every week we go, my goodness, we just watched a brand new episode and boy, do we have things to say about this show. It's the perfect meeting point of our interests, isn't it, Claire? We like different things. We move in different circles. We barely talk in real life. And yet this is, the, this is our time to shine. It is. You know what I mean? It's it the is. Venn diagram of, of things that we enjoy and can converse about. Correct. In, exactly. that, in that diagram is right. also it's our children <laughs> okay. and it's sex in the city can and I, that's it. Can I? Sorry, can I, can I, uh, All right. So if you're new here, hello. We do a podcast every week called Suggestible where mm-hmm. we review things to watch, read and listen to. That comes out every Thursday. And we are massive fans of this show. James is for Sunday movies and normally reviews comic book movies right. and Star Wars and big blockbuster Matrix style things. And we love this show. We've loved Sex and the City for a really long time. And so we thought this would be super fun to do. That's right. And unfortunately, this week we have some sad stuff yeah. to talk about. We thought... You know, in this hellfire of a year, that this would be a little fun bubble, and it still can be. But yeah. we do need you to talk about the elephant though. in the room. No, yeah. absolutely right. And so, a day after we recorded last week's episode, allegations have come out from now three different women yeah. against Chris North, who plays um, Mr. Big mm. in the show. And if you've been hiding under an internet rock, you won't have heard about it. But I think even if you aren't a fan of this show, it, this has been. Big news. Yeah. They're from very reputable sources right, online. Yeah. And the cast have actually come out with a statement, and I really commend them for this statement. I was surprised at it, actually. I think also what's interesting, and look, not to say whether this is telling or not. Well, look, you know what? I'll just read it. How about that? We'll I think read, the, read yeah. the statement. Yeah. I'm going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is from a joint statement from SJ Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis. We are deeply saddened to hear the allegations against Chris Noss. We support the women who have come forward and shared their painful experiences. We know it must be a very difficult thing to do and we commend them for it. What did you think? What did you think when you I mean, I think it was better than like he would we know him and he'd never have done something, do you know what I mean? And obviously mm. we don't know him. We don't know any of the people involved in this, but you know, I think it was and, and obviously at this point this point it is allegations, but I think it was the, the right move to make, you know what I mean, whether, you know, instead of being like, wow, you know, he's not they're not the guy that I knew or whatever because you don't, you, obviously they weren't there either, you know what I mean, how do you, how do yeah, you, and, you know, and I think approach this? I, I like the fact that they've said they stand with them and they've acknowledged yeah. how difficult it is to come out because I, and, and speak up about this kind of stuff mm. and obviously they're allegations, they're not proven in a court of law yeah. and... I mean, there's there's always nuance in all these situations and you're right, we don't know the ins and outs of all of it. But I do think it's incredibly difficult to be a woman and come out or anyone Absolutely. and come out and speak about these kind of issues that you end up getting hounded by the media. Yeah. And they've um, come out under pseudonyms at the moment to protect their identity. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, often there's the accusations when things like this happen, like they're clout chasing or whatever, but it's it's never a situation where people come forward and they benefit from it. It's always their life is a nightmare, you know, for a period of time, like a long period of time yeah. often. And their reputations are destroyed. Yeah. I mean, the, the stories, and we're not going to go into the details of them, but mm. they're pretty distressing Yeah, and, and very um, specific stories as well and very mm. personal. So yeah. it doesn't make the women look in a particular light really. Mm. And it would be incredibly difficult to articulate what had happened to them with, in that yeah. situation 
and have those really private details splashed everywhere and have everyone talking about them. I think it's incredibly brave to come out to talk about it. And it's also really sad, obviously, because as much as these things need to come out to light, and I think it's really important to be talking about this, it's also kind of tarnished the legacy, I think, of that character and, and the show, even though obviously... Chris North is not Mr. Big. He's a fictional yes. character, and his performance has been wonderful, and he's been a beloved. But it becomes character. hard to, you know, separate those two things. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. So look, obviously, it's not something we were going to breeze past because <laughs> how, how could you? No, and yeah. you know what I will and I, say, I don't think it's something we want to like, you know, keep updating every week. It'd be like, don't this, this is the new hot goss or whatever. And lucky I mean? he's dead. Let's say that. Thank God he's dead in the show. <laughs> I mean, I said it at the time, but even now, they must oh. be like, thank goodness, you know, you don't have to deal with that. But yeah, yeah. and look, I guess the the overwhelming feeling for me was like sadness. I know, right? It's just and just it's like it's another all, person. It's just awful, you know. It's like it's, an how awful for those women to experience. Yeah, exactly. You know and it's just so it's almost predictable now. It's like a man yeah. that's it's like, sort oh, of another one. Okay, yeah, yeah, because he's got power and status, and mm. he's in his you know fifties and sixties, but he's this kind of icon, and that's you know they're super, One of the women particularly was a big super fan yeah. of his, so he met her in El Cantonore's, which is like a famous Italian restaurant from the series. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And I'm not going to go further than that, but I will just say it made me sad, and then I'm now enraged, yeah. and maybe I'm just you know having one of those days as well. But it just it's so infuriating that this kind of power imbalance happens and mm. that women have to still be dealing with this bullshit yeah. over and over again. Yeah. You know, and I, I just... I, ugh, I've seen a few comments of like, well, you know, the timing of this is what, you know, what is it? It's suspicious. I of, think Chris North actually said that. Yeah, but like, here's yeah. the thing though, like this, if you want people to know about this, this is the time to do it. You know, like we do it a year ago. This show isn't out yet. Do you know what I mean? And it might just get kind of brushed away and people move past it. Maybe they're seeing him, you know, appear in the show and, and you know what I mean? And then it brings up things for people and, like, they they take that as an opportunity to speak out so, you know, other mm. people, you know, aren't put in a similar situation. I, and maybe it's just you need some time to process it and think about, you know, how you're going to do it and mm. if you want to do it at all and if you want to put your name out there, you know Yeah, what I mean? one of the women said in watching all of the promotion for the show yeah. that it sort of came up for her again, which of course it would. And it really does, in the way that they've written about their experience, it really does paint a picture of this kind of traumatic event mm. and how it then shapes the rest of your life yeah. and the impact that it has on your mental and physical well-being. And there are reports from friends around them who said that um, one woman in particular was completely different after this yeah. incident because it does. It, you could see how it would shake your faith and trust and understanding of the world and I just think, bloody hell, why do women have to put up with it? <laughs> you know, I just, it just makes me so infuriated. And I think obviously all of this stuff and sexual relationships are complicated and consent is complicated. But for goodness sake, bloody ask the question yeah. and ask it in a way that's able for someone to, to answer. Yeah. You know, get, get positive consent, right? Yeah. And Affirmative, and yes, I'm really here, yes, I want to do and this. It's and just ask. Yeah, and paying right. attention to the other person. Like yeah. it's not a once-off kind of situation. It's a constant kind of like. Checking in. Yeah. And at any point someone can say no. And yep. this isn't really about these allegations because that they were a different thing altogether. Mm. But this is just I'm talking about just in life in general. Yeah. You know, with you know, whether and if you're not sure, even if you are sure, it can't hurt to ask. No, exactly. You know? All right. Brand done. So <laughs> anyway, so let, let's let's put that aside and can we now we'll have get some fun? Into it. Uh, this, so yeah. this episode was called Some of My Best Friends. If this was I don't know, I don't think you're familiar <laughs> with the show, but if it was an always sunny in Philadelphia episode, it would be it would be called The Gang Gets Multicultural because they all go <laughs> off to make their own friends outside of their little <laughs> tight white community. Do you know what I mean? Oh, That's what's going on there. They're all making friends yeah. with different people. Because I think this series, we've both seen this, it's very much going out of its way to include like a more diverse cast of it people, is. you know, which I yeah. think is good. And I think 
Uh, you know, I, I think some of the inclusions, they work better than others, but I thought the new people that they introduced in this show, not even uh, more kind of fleshed out in this episode, I think it really works and they're becoming more fleshed out characters. What do you think? I actually do too. And mm. I remember in the trailer thinking, oh, it's so corny and they're just people. like shoehorning yeah. people of colour into it in this really clunky way. But even and- like... Do you want more people outside of the core cast? And, and that's already... what's really difficult. Yeah. yeah. And what I wanted to talk to you about actually when we brought this up, I've yeah. been listening to a great podcast, I mean, other than this one, um, <laughs> called And Just Like That, The Writer's Room. Yeah. Now it's with Michael Patrick King who is the main writer right. and executive producers Elia Zariski and Julie Rottenberg. Now they were both or all three of them were original writers on the original series. Right, okay, yeah. And they are the writers behind And Just Like That, particularly Michael Patrick King. Um, mm. And they're also joined by new writers, both of whom are women of colour. Samantha Irby does the first episode and um, Rachna Frutchbum does the second one. Now, yeah. it's so funny and, like, if you're a Die Hard fan, oh, my God, it is joyful to just see and hear how they managed to create what they did, why Michael Patrick, Michael Patrick King decided to even go to HBO with this new series and the main reason was that he wanted to kill Big. <laughs> oh, okay. He had this idea and he was like, if we're going to do it, that's what, that's where we need to yep. go because otherwise what's the point? I'm well into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all are now, aren't we? Um, I was a day one proponent. Let me just were, point out for killing Big. You were. You were. Absolutely. Uh, less, I'm yeah. not jumping I'll, on the I'll bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I thought was interesting, particularly in those episodes, is listening to Samantha Irby because she was a diehard fan of the show. Yeah. But as a woman of colour, she does a really good job of explaining some of the choices they've made in the show because they wanted to expand the cast but and and create more diversity, but they were very aware that it's going to look really painfully obvious. Yes. And also people aren't really going to respond very well to new characters, whoever they are. It's t- Yeah, but it's I, a tough I also sell. think, and we saw this in the movies and I, I guess probably more the movies than the show because they were constantly introducing more people, but mm. they needed to branch out and move around a bit. Like uh, in hindsight, it, it needs to happen because it gets stale when it's the same three people catching up and going like, hey, let's have a brunch and how's so-and-so going and whatever. Yeah. And then somebody breezes past and they go, look, it's what's-her-name and she was at the me, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, I yeah. find it really interesting that we're seeing not only different people but different aspects of their personality also. Yeah, uh, of the completely, core cast, that is. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I found really interesting? So let's just quickly go back over it. So sure. the new characters that they explore particularly in this episode is Lisa Todd Wexley, who's played by Nicole Ari Parker, mm-hmm. and she's LTW is the tagline. She's sort of touted as like um, Charlotte's, I guess, mum friend, for want yeah. of a better word, at school. But she's this powerhouse, extremely wealthy, works in film and produces um, documentaries. Yeah. Her kids speak fluent French and her mother-in-law is this, like, incredible musician and mm. she's just incredibly stylish and incredibly gorgeous but also funny and very warm yes. as well as being kind of terrifying. Because I was, like, looking at this and you see the relationship develop and we have over the – for the last few episodes, and I'm like, is this going to get to a place where, like, they turn on each other and they become enemies? And what I think is refreshing, and I might be wrong, they actually seem like they are becoming genuine friends, which I think is yeah. nice. So I get to a point where you find out one is using the other one for social status and whatever, and I'm sure there is an element of that because Charlotte's very much big on, like... But I don't... But, I, but you know, like, you know, I mean, she likes to be in, like, the inner circle of things, but I, it's, I think it's more than that. I think there is, like, an admiration and, like, she... She likes hanging out. Um, well, they like hanging out with each other. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and they're quite a formidable team. But I actually also really liked, and I thought this is what was interesting about listening to that writers' room podcast. Mm. Samantha Irby was always pushing the writing team to go to those really awkward places about racism. Yeah, and dealing with the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk mm. about. And then Rashna was the opposite, and she was the one kind of tempering it and saying, I don't think we should do that. Oh, that's really too awkward. Please don't go there. I don't think we should yeah. touch on that. We should move along past it. And so Samantha Irby is really funny, and I th- and she's responsible, I think, for, you know, that scene with Miranda and Dr Nia in the room in oh, the, yeah, at yeah. the college. And she, I think, is also responsible for what happens in this storyline when Charlotte realises that they don't have any other black friends. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awkward, but I guess it's that stuff that isn't said by people, mm. right, but is probably a thing that people actually do think about. She's giving her husband, like, 
research on and, and authors. <laughs> yeah, to talk about. And then she goes over to Which LTW's. Which is also like ridiculous and all It that. is and yeah. awful. But she goes over to LTW's for dinner and she mistakes one of the women in the room for yeah. another black woman that she knows at school. Yeah. Which is just awfully mortifying yeah. and they're the only white couple there as well and Harry says it under his breath to her. Yeah. like, And I just, I actually, it was so hard to watch but I actually am with Samantha Irby there. I think like it's an awful thing to watch but also if it's happening in mm. rooms and it's and it's an experience of people of colour and, and yeah. white people as well, like we should be talking about it. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean I also wanted to ask you about uh, as because we, we, we have a newly, newly schooled child, I guess, well newly, it's been a year and a bit, but did you find that um, relatable like making new friends? with other mums and other parents and all that? Like, is there an element of that that you're like, you're going to want to, you know, you're going to be around these people for like a while, it seems like, at least like the next uh, the next six or seven years, you know what I mean? And you kind of want to create this new social circle. And there's a, it's like almost being at high school again, this like pressure to to meet new people and... Uh, look, I don't know. I I see what you mean. I mean, that circle of women are like all, you know, Manhattanites wearing like designer clothes I and know, talking about I taking know. their kids um, I don't to think like the New York Times best-selling botanist not, or that's something. That's not everybody's experience though, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I no, think on yeah. a more, like on any scale, I think, you know, there is some yeah. truth in like making new friends can be hard. You know? Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? I think that's the difference between you and me because I haven't, really thought about it. Yeah. I've just felt really lucky. Like I'm excited. I've been excited to meet more of the parents of my kids' friends yeah. because, you know, my, my son's friends. And also just, you know, there's so many great women well, and men that we've met in well, our community and I've loved that. Yeah, because I, I was going to say that like my initial reluctance was like I don't want any new friends. Like I have enough friends <laughs> and I'm going to be stuck with this for like That doesn't come as any shock to me at all. And it's honestly been like like kind of, you know, kind of. It's been pleasant, you know what I mean, to meet other people and Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. And I, and I've yeah, I've loved it. So no, I haven't felt like I haven't felt that sort of I don't know. No, to be honest, I just really enjoyed it. What I didn't, uh, what I quite liked in this episode as well, Miranda's now catching up with her professor, which quite frankly I think is moving a little too fast. What, they're just friends now because they're, they're, student, and they're, they're student and professor? Is that how it works? You can just take your professor out for, <laughs> for a meal? Anyway, that's fine. You can get past that. But I thought that conversation they had about having kids was really interesting where there is that, she talks about the trade-off, where like whatever path you take, kids or not, there is... There's regret like either way, you know what I mean? Mm. You're missing out no matter what you do and it's about yeah. choosing the thing that I guess you think is best, you know, for you. Because I feel like I've had that conversation also with other people, you know, like people are like, I'm not sure I want to have kids and like, well, you, you don't you don't have to, you know, yeah. if you don't want to. It reminded me because mm. Dr. Nia is doing IVF as well. Yeah. And I thought what was interesting was the discussion around whether or not she actually wants to go down that road. And I remember having a discussion with one of my friends who was doing sure, doing IVF yeah. about what happens if it doesn't work. And she was saying, well, I don't know if I'll have a purpose then in my life. Right, yeah. And I said to her that actually having kids, and Miranda says the same thing, it doesn't take that away. It doesn't take away that desire to figure out what you want to do with your life. Mm. Kids are a wonderful thing, but I but they're not going to solve all those issues for you. Yeah. They're not going to give you your one sole purpose for life forever. I mean, you know? maybe. <laughs> I mean, no, but I don't think I d- maybe, but I don't think so. I think yeah. that people are more complex than that and I think I mean, maybe for some people mm. that's it. Once they have kids, that's the only thing they have in their life and that's wonderful and that's solved it all for mm. them. But I think we're all more complicated than that. Kids yeah. grow older. I think it's dangerous to think that like I guess Miranda is finding out with kids in their teenage years, they don't adore you the way they do when they're yeah. little and you still have to figure out your own complexities and your own wants and desires and your own career and your own trajectory and the relationships you have in your life and nothing is just – I think it's the same mistake people make about finding a partner will then just ultimately solve everything for yeah. you and that's so not true. They if If you are kind of – happy with who you are in yourself and you're constantly working on yourself and trying to figure out what it is you want out of life and how to be of service with your life, if you meet someone that assists you with that, Mm. wonderful, and you build together. 
and I think it's the same with kids. You know, they add so much to your life and you and I feel so incredibly lucky to be a mother. But I think it's not good for kids either to see them as your only purpose. Mm, yeah. And I think that that sometimes happens with women. They have kids, they put everything into having them and then lose themselves in the process. And then what model are you setting for your kids? You're losing a part of yourself. Mm. You end up miserable. And then when they eventually turn on you when they're teenagers <laughs> for a while, how do you handle that? Yeah. If that's the, if you think that they're the, the only way to make you, you happy, you know, and it's a lot of pressure yeah. on a person to be the sole reason to make your parents happy, like that, dangerous. Well, that is true. No, I don't disagree with any of that. But what I will say is it turns out their podcast, that's not successful enough, unlike this podcast, which is absolutely <laughs> rocketing up the charts. But what are they doing with this podcast thing? Can we just like. It's weird. God, I don't it? like, no, who cares? This, the numbers <laughs> aren't good on socials. Great. <laughs> okay. Because it's bad. It's a bad podcast. Can we, can we move on? Like it's not like the scenes around it aren't really funny or interesting. The podcast itself isn't very good. Again, it's a weird setup of like, what is this? So like who does what in this role at this There's studio? There's a lot of people So many around. people. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that Peloton keeps getting Mentioned. a look in. At the start, she's like, I had to, she sees the Peloton. Then she's like, I had to get rid of that Peloton. I gave it away. And then later the real estate agent's like, you should get a Peloton for this space. And she's like, and then she puts a Peloton... How much did they pay for this Peloton deal? Because it is not going away. It will not stop, Claire. What is happening here? <laughs> Kill the man. Anyway, <laughs> what did you think of the old apartment? Was that like, uh, did you recognise any clothes or shoes? I did. Look, I made some notes about that. You bet I did. I thought it was <laughs> lovely. Um, I thought, wow, how quickly they turned the whole apartment, like the Kerry and Biggs apartment, he doesn't like beige. So they had this amazing wallpaper yeah. and immediately turned the whole thing to beige. And I thought that was quite a shock. I loved the scene with Kerry and her real estate agent. So Seema, yeah. who is played by Sarita Chowdhury, um, so Seema Patel is a real estate agent who's single and looking for love. I initially thought I wasn't going to like that character very much based on the trailer. Yeah. I actually found her really great. So I did thought I. she was yeah. quite funny. And I thought the reveal was going to be like, oh, she doesn't really like Carrie. She's just doing it for like oh, really? a job. You know what no, I mean? But I just I loved that scene with them when her, uh, a photo of Carrie and Big gets yeah. smashed, agree, and then yeah. Carrie her grief just kind of explodes out of her. I thought Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker again just did a brilliant job of yeah. that scene. But then Seema's response was so great too because Carrie had offended her in a previous conversation in the yeah. episode. And you sort of got that sense of it, but that happens a lot, right, in mm. friendships. And I think particularly between women who are single and women who aren't, often there's comments that are made from both ways, I guess, and it yeah. happens with women who have kids or don't have kids where you let it slide but it was something they said really offended you. And for Seema it was that Carrie had said she's still putting herself out there like she's so old yeah. and how could wow, she be doing that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they have this real awkward like kind of brittle conversation where they're both really open and vulnerable and in the end end up eating sushi together and I think that's the start of a real friendship yeah. and I actually really believe that and I'm excited to see where that friendship mm. goes then and I feel like the writers have done a really good job of that like you were saying before. But anyway, you asked me about the old apartment Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. that now. there that was old coffee pot was probably the yeah, same. Yeah, I, I loved that. I loved how it was kind of she was sleeping on a bed with no sheets yeah. We've all done that, you know, if you've had a few drinks or something yeah, and then like, you've got to change sheets and you're like, Bleh. I really loved the little nods to the outfits that were in her closet that it was still there. So one in particular was beautiful. It was hanging up. I don't, you probably don't remember. It was a white flower adorned dress. Um, I don't remember any of it. All right. To be honest, yeah. So um, now Parker wears that dress that was hanging up in her closet in the 2008 movie. So the first movie's opening scene, and she's walking down the street. Now Ooh. that dress is particularly iconic because it was first made for Whitney Houston, who wore it in a 1987 promotional photo shoot that later wound up on the cover of Life magazine. Ah, so the gown was created by okay. Sarah Sota, who's a Florida-based brand, Eugene Alexander. 
which also outfitted stars like Elizabeth Taylor, Jane Fonda and Loretta Lynn in the 80s and 90s. My goodness. Yeah, so the dress did receive a few tweaks before appearing in Sex and the City, however. Mm. So the version Parker wears or the one that's hanging in her closet in this episode is chopped into a mini and just features one giant hibiscus blossom instead of two that were on Houston's original dress. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, so nod. Excellent. Loved it. Um, the other one that I loved, oh, so you would know, James, the tutu from the famous I Sex do the know. City. That's the one that I do know. You do. Well, did you happen to notice that she's not wearing that tutu? It's a similar tutu. Yeah, it's longer. It's a floor-length one. Yeah. Um, so it's a nod to that old tutu, which I thought was a lovely nod to Kerry kind of returning to her roots or returning back to her okay, old neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah. Seems impractical. <laughs> Seems like it's not a good thing to wear around town. It's it's actually really in at the moment that looks oh, so, like a white that. chill skirt and then you wear it in a really casual way yeah. topped with a striped tee and she wears it with white ankle boots and does it in this way where she's just popping out for a coffee. Oh, my God, Claire. It was <laughs> Effortlessly cool. Wasn't I mean, look, I loved it. And I also loved that idea that maybe she's, you know, she started smoking again. Yeah. Maybe we're seeing a Carrie we're kind of a, regressing. Well, the, old, the old Carrie come yeah, out. For good, for good or ill. Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. So when's she gonna date Claire? This wow. is this is sex and yeah. the city. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of sex actually in this at all, has there? Other than Brady and his girlfriend. That doesn't count. I don't want to see teenagers having sex. Uh I want to see middle-aged women involved (laughs) in sexual activities. Well, it'll be interesting to see where that goes actually. Now, I have to quickly mention there was one of my favourite looks in this. Okay. Was it this look? (laughs) You can't see what he's doing. James is doing his favourite raised eyebrow. People say The Rock invented this. I've been doing this for years. (laughs) All right, so my favourite look of this episode was patterns on patterns on rainbow patterns. And okay. I just loved it. Kerry gets into the car with Seema and she's wearing a checkered rainbow romper with a contrasting rainbow jacket, like mm. a checkered jacket with purple shades. And I don't know what it is about it, but I just bloody loved it. I think it was all the colours and it was so vibrant. Would you buy any awesome. of this stuff or are you like, would that be weird? See, like I say, say I might enjoy like the, the the Captain America movies or whatever, but I wouldn't buy the leather jacket <laughs> that Steve Rogers wears. You go, someone's like, you were in the fucking Captain America jacket. He's like, no, this is a regular leather jacket. I bought a cool leather jacket independent of movies. Like, would you could you see yourself wearing any of this? Well, so, yeah, exactly right. Well, a it's like a bisquillion dollars, and sure. b I have tiny children with sticky fingers, and oh, I have no way to wear any nothing of it. White. But see, no. So I wouldn't, you're actually, you're spot on. I wouldn't wear it because like that exact outfit. It's like when everybody had that bag with Audrey Hepburn on it for like Correct, three exactly. years. Or everyone wore the Kerry necklace. Oh right? my God, everybody loved yeah, that necklace. So I wouldn't wear that exact thing, but what it does do is give you inspiration. And Ooh, my God, okay. did it want me want, make me want to wear pattern on pattern That's and sequins and chul and like play with my outfits a lot more. I was speaking to a girlfriend who was telling me that it's inspiring her to just dress up more when she leaves the house. Yeah, okay. And I totally feel like that. That's so cool. like I'm not going to be buying a straw, a flat straw hat anytime yeah. soon. But even just like the way Carrie does her hair yeah. and, you know, the way she accessorizes things. So often you'll take that and then put it into like a more – everyday woman kind of sure. look. But, yeah, it's definitely inspiring. I find that's one of the things I love about Sex and the City is how inspiring it is, mm. not for the storyline or whatever, but just the the playing of the looks of and particularly with Carrie's yeah. fabric and colour and textures and it's just to me it's so fun. Yeah. And it's not the main point of the show but when the other part of the show is there, that stuff is fun. Yeah, And it's absolutely. not. And If it this, was the main point, it's like, well, this, there's not enough in this. No, yeah. exactly. But also I think that Molly, who is doing the fashion now, who's Patricia Field's sort of protege, mm. has really nailed the looks much more than the films had. Yeah. Because they're much more, they I seem guess. more realistic. Yeah, more realistic. Somewhat practical. And detailed yeah. and they kind of give nods to Carrie's old wardrobe. Yeah, remember all that? There seemed so like good. a lot of like long flowing silks and big hats I remember from that last yeah, movie Yeah, and they, it was too. I was like, what is this? They were too perfect yeah. and they weren't. They weren't gritty enough or something. But I guess also in a TV show you've got more time. Yeah. And you're spending more time with the characters in comfortable scenarios in their apartments Mm. and things like that. But anyway, all the costuming I think is just 
brilliant. So, uh, so uh, in, in bad news, though, mm-hmm. uh, Stanford, he's gone to Japan. And not only has he gone to Japan, he wants a divorce. Uh, and well, I found it a really, we'll talk into like why that happened in real life, but I found it really funny that his husband or soon to be ex-husband Anthony was like, I don't get it. We were so happy. When yeah. they, like, clearly <laughs> have just been bickering. That's all we've seen them do. Like I still yeah. think they they did, they had, they do love each other, but there's obviously a real world reason for this. And that was that Willie Garson was sick during filming and had to remove himself from very suddenly um, as well. Yeah. So this season, so the episode three is the last time you see Willie Garson playing Stanford. A little bit last week, yeah. Yeah, it breaks my heart because they're the the bickering between Stanford and Anthony in those first that first episode is one of my favourite moments. Mm. Like just that dialogue is so great. I wrote a little piece for um, a magazine called Ramona and that was a big part of that yeah, piece because right, yeah. I just I loved how they were just yelling insults. Perry Wiggle town, and I'm just like the idea of colours as insults was just glorious. So yeah. I um I'm really sad by that. I know yeah. and he was such a brilliant and he was really he nailed those episodes. So I it's think, really sad. Like, and also like what do you do with that character? You have to have them kind of break up unless you go. No, he also died. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I was wondering what and they I were going to do. I just don't think he could, for one, because he, he is dead, and I think that would probably be pretty uncool. Yeah. Um, but also, so I guess this is the way. They're going to do it. I know. Yeah. I wondered how they were going to handle it because it is so sad. Um, and then I wonder. And you have to do it off screen and you have to do it suddenly. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then it feels like. Or you know. do it, or he just like they just mention him and he doesn't come back, which is also you cannot do. No, exactly. Or you, yeah, you just don't put him. You're in like he's at episodes. home doing whatever. It's like no, yeah, you can't. exactly. Yeah. And at that point when they were filming, he he hadn't passed away yet. Yeah. I think so. I know you wonder how they handled. So I think they've handled it as well as they could. I agree. I th- I feel like it's something he would do. Write a letter like that so dramatically and then just like chip off. Yeah, I, yeah I, I mean it definitely. If I didn't know something had happened, I'd be like. Something's up with that in real life. Like it felt a bit abrupt. Yeah, they... it did. But for all, for all the different choices they could mm. have made, I don't think they could have. He couldn't have died. No, because that would have taken away from the grief of Kerry. Yeah. And I don't know. It would have just seemed like an odd plot yeah. choice. So I'm really saddened by that. The bloody Willie Garson, amazing. Mm. And yeah. Now we got to circle back around as we do every week. All right. I'm sure you have other talking points. Uh, okay. Would you like to cover those first before we we do our? Um, oh, I just wanted to cover off Miranda being sad in lots of different oh my um, God. settings. <laughs> she's, she's just sad. She's, what you call it, sad about town, the show. Yeah, yeah it's just like sad just Miranda. sad in the kitchen, sad and hungover. Saranda, just being sad. So, yeah, sad. Sad, Miranda. Ra- re- sad, sad, yeah, sad waiting in a restaurant for a table. Yeah. Sad at the table. Sad at the kitchen table when she before she gets her coffee? There's that's what like I mean. That's thing. what I said, yeah. I thought you meant at the restaurant. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's obviously, you know, there's the underlying nod to her alcoholism that kind of is popping in and out of the show. Yeah. Or I, maybe a problem with I alcohol. I wonder whether now that, like, it's going to be one of those things where actually Charlotte brings it up and goes, we think you have a drinking problem, and then she's like, get out of here. And then, like, that's it. Like, maybe that's how they're going to do it. I feel like they're building, though, because, yeah. you know, she was at her apartment again being sad or her, her townhouse or wherever she lives, being sad again, drinking wine and wistful. Wine. Yeah, and sort of talking. Yeah, I don't know. And I, yeah, I, and I, she was on the verge of tears a lot in this episode, yeah. actually. I think because she's going through, like, a personal transformation. <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. Even more. the way she talks about how she wished she was a judge and lived alone. Sure. We can all yeah. relate to wishing we could <laughs> control the fates of other people and live alone in a big house. Yeah. Anyway, I just, um, yeah, I thought that was sort of comedic, but also then Cynthia Nixon did play it She's really great. well. Yeah, I Again, thought she was really my favourite character in the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Samantha speculation, Claire. There's been no talk of her since. It's that time of the week again where we say, <laughs> is Samantha coming back? Look, I did some perusing this week on social media. I had a look about what tweets she's liking and what uh-huh. she's saying about the series. Uh-huh. I know I said there's a chance it's going to happen. Uh-huh. I think every week it's like it's. I feel that that uh, that, that ebbing away. Do you, do know what you I mean? really? I do. Oh well, well, well. There you go. Hey, you called hey, it early, my friend. But you know what? The thing is. If I'm right, it'll be the biggest slam dunk of all time. You're yeah, not, even you're gonna... not right. It's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would be next season. Okay. But uh, no, Kim Cattrall is I'm, not coming back. I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah. just saying it would be nice to have a scene, a sit down, a, you know. A, of course it would a, be. A real conversation. Of course it would be. Oh, my God. It's not going to happen, though. I, yep. All right. If they could, No. They I'm with you. I it. agree. Now, we got the apartment this week. Big yes. old look back in time. It was Correct. like the 90s and the early 2000s all over again. It was. And also that movie where she wouldn't give up her apartment or something and she Correct. didn't. And also, why should she? It's a good thing she didn't because exactly. I like that apartment more than, uh, do I? No, nah, probably not realistically if I could choose. <laughs> What's coming next in terms of nostalgia? Are we going to get it? I know you said that Aiden is probably going to make a reappearance. Right. Are we going to get some, what, what's, the, what's the thing they're going to reintroduce next week? A person, place, animal or thing? What have we got? Oh, next week. Um, the carry necklace. Are we going to see that? It definitely is going to make an appearance because I saw it. Okay. It's on the, in the something happens. Who I gave think it her might that? Be. Um, she, she bought it herself in a flea market. Okay, cool. Yeah. She loses it famously in that last series, you know, in the last episode with Petrovsky. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then she and finds it. And he's like, I'll buy you another necklace. I fell. I fell at Vogue. <laughs> and she falls at Vogue and loses her necklace. And then, it, But it's in the corner of her little um, that's right, clutch. That's right, or whatever. And yeah. then she finds it on the last episode where she finds herself and then Big finds her and then we're all happy and now he's dead and potentially a terrible human. And thank God um, he's dead in the show. I agree. Yeah. So what do I think we're going to see? So obviously we're going to see her apartment kind of brought back to life. Yep. I think we're going to see her become more of a She's New going York. to get a pods machine. Maybe. A coffee pods machine. I reckon she's going to a become. A branded coffee can machine. Can you let me finish my sentence? I'm telling you, there's going to be like, I bought this new coffee machine. <laughs> it's wonderful. Nespresso. What a, what a way to be and live. It makes me feel fresh and new every morning. Anyway, sorry, God. And definitely not sponsored. No! I love how Peloton is still trying to cling to the fact like the premise that they never knew about how they were going to be portrayed. They also in the removed show. that uh, that ad, you know, the ad that they yeah. released, which was also done through Ryan Reynolds. We mentioned this, but Ryan no, Reynolds. I'm sure. Of course, they did it all. Of course, they did. Product placement. So I'm it's s- in every episode. They keep bringing it up or showing us this bike that killed um, a man. All right, so I think Aiden's going to pop up. Yeah, we know that. Soon. I want to swing, Claire. You're not, you're not swinging for the fences here. You're talking about Aiden, who you probably know is back. You're talking about a necklace you saw in the trailer. <laughs> I'm talking Samantha. I'm talking a big game. What are you bringing to this? What do I think he's going to turn up? <laughs> what would you like to see? How about that? Oh, it's not about being right. It's about nostalgia. being 100% right. What would I like to see? I've seen her apartment already. Jazz guy. Are we talking like people? Anybody. Okay, you know who I'd love to see? Here we go. Pee politician. Okay, I want to see sure. the politician that peeped on her and or wanted to pee on her yeah, but didn't. And I no, he wanted, no, he wanted her to pee I on her. I felt like they had some good chemistry. I would also love to see Burger. I would love I would to see what Burger's up to. Burger I, would, I would love to see what Burger looks like now, not physically, but like how he's evolved as a person. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and has I he would... gotten worse, or has he tried to improve himself? That's exactly right. I'm always fascinated by the character of Burger because mm. I feel like he's so terrible, and annoying, and whiny. But also, there's something like, there was something about endearing him, yeah. about him, and you feel like he just if he could have just gotten away, gotten out of the way of his own ego. Yeah, and if he maybe got a little bit more success, he'd be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would love him to. You know what? I would love him to come back and be. Terrible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, or if, like you think he's all right, but then he's terrible. Nah, yeah, maybe. Nah, I would. You can't rather just come him... back in and be like, "I'm terrible. I'm in this scene and I'm terrible." He'd have to be like, "Hey, I'm different, man, or whatever." And 
Yeah, I know, but isn't that more predictable though? I think yeah, I would prefer right. him to like swan in having had like a best-selling book and just be oh, okay. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, listen to your podcast, Kerry, and let me tell you, there's no chemistry there. You know, and just I'd be like, you're like, saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> this terrible man is right. Yeah, but then it turns out actually he's actually not so bad and he's a good guy. Oh, wow, you're going the other way. Yeah, Also, Angie was right about the podcast You know who else I would love to see? I know this sounds really, this is like such a small thing. Okay. There was an episode where Kerry fell in love with a family, with a Jewish family, who, and the mother in the family was like a sexual anthropologist and she was um, a writer and really cool and amazing. And Kerry, it's the guy that she, who's also a writer and what's his name? He was, he was with um, Jennifer Aniston for a while. Brad Pitt. No. Oh, Justin Thoreau? Yes, Justin Thoreau. So Justin Thoreau plays her boyfriend in a couple of episodes. Oh, I remember that. He had a little hat. He wore a little hat on his head. Yeah, at one point. Yeah. I do no, remember I that. I'm going to look at. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I'm All right. Anyway, I loved that family. Like they created this whole family just for like one episode, and Kerry falls in love with them, and they are just so cool. And I would love to see them again. I'd love her to like try and date that guy again to try and get into the. family. Oh, he doesn't have a little hat. I was thinking of something. No, else. man, look how much of a nerd he looks like in this. He's way cooler now. Look at this nerd. Because <laughs> he's got glasses. It's not just the glasses; it's the hair. You see him these days, though. He's looking. <laughs> Real slick. Look at him now. Look at that glow up. My God. All right. Anyway, I just really liked. Um, oh, uh, Justin Thoreau reveals if he'd return for Sex in the City. That's... <gasps> I don't really care about him so much as the family. I really liked okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. his mother. Because isn't he like he can't get past that his mother's like a. Well, he's like he he's a, he premature ejaculates. Oh, that's right. It's that, and guy. it's that whole storyline, and it's because she always talks so openly about sex, and he can't handle it. He can't do it. Yeah, the episode's called Shortcomings. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, that's fun. And this guy on Instagram. Oh, Valerie Harper. That's right. She is so great in this. And um, the, his dad as well um, is played by David McCollum. And anyway, and his sister's really cool in it too. There's just like, it's just a really great family. And I read a whole thing about how much detail they put into that family. There's just like... Got great records and posters on the walls, and they're eating, you know, like amazing fish from the market, and they're all just like making fun of each other, and it's just this cool as family. So I don't think they're going to come back, but no, I would bloody I love agree. that. But well, it's good. It's good to throw it out there, Claire. Anyway, do you know what else is good? It's good what? to review the show if you can. It really helps us out. We're getting some wonderful reviews, and this one is from GGFGHRGHHG. It says Bing Bong. You can just do this in app. Did you know that, Claire? So easy. Haven't listened yet, but gave it five stars anyways, because why not? Wow, we appreciate it, don't we, Claire? Even if you don't listen to this podcast, we appreciate you leaving a wonderful review. Is that everything for this week? Um, no. So you can also no. email the show at suggestedpod.gmail.com. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about, which I thought was really interesting, is we've had a lot of really visceral responses from people, not about this podcast, let me tell you, but about the show. Some people are, just love it and can't stop talking about it because they love it. Some people can't stop talking about it because they hate it. Oh, I think, like that. It's really terrible. And so I wanted to read an email this week from Ellie. Now, Ellie's written, hello, I hope you two are having a great day. My name is Ellie from Wisconsin. 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 And I've been watching Miss Sunny Movies channel since I was in middle school. Yeah. This is my first time writing. So, Successful Pod has a close place to my heart and I really enjoy your chat, but let's get on to Sex in the City. So I watched it for the first time um, this past September. Even though I don't have a nostalgic connection to it, I still really loved it. There are times when it's problematic, of course, but I was still able to appreciate it for what it did at the time, which was showing women as whole characters with all the flaws and ugliness that comes with being a woman. However, I was super disappointed in the first two episodes of the show. I didn't watch any of the promotional material for it, so I probably should have been expecting it, but I thought it was so artificially woke. Ah, I was confused on the message it was supposed to be sending because it included people of colour, queer characters and topics on justice issues, but it went about it in a really uncomfortable way. It felt like they were swinging too far in the opposite direction from being called out for the problematic material in the original. It felt like the writers had never heard a queer person or a person of colour speak before. The second episode felt slightly more original, Sex and the City, but I have a feeling it's going to go back to the vibe of the first one going forward. Also, Kerry, just call 911 and start chest compressions. Jeez. Not incorrect. I'm so on to that with you. Absolutely. I agree with you on that one, Ellie. 
Um, so I would also suggest the book The Power by Naomi Alderton, Alderman mm. to Claire. It's about women gaining the ability to electrocute people, which allows them to become <laughs> the dominant gender. <laughs> it's my favourite book because it uses the guise of a science fiction novel to push the reader to question gender norms that are in place today. Anyway, love the pod and James is slightly more popular pod, The Weekly Planet. Hells yes. And I send my thanks to you for the years of entertainment. Happy holidays, Ellie. Look, honestly, uh, especially those first two episodes, I can't really argue with that. You know what I mean? Because there is some very awkward shoehorned in like, we're aware of that we've had some problematic things in the past, but now we have a woke moment button in our terrible podcast. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the podcast scenes. We just I, need to put the podcast in the bin. I think it, look, and this isn't my area either because I'm like a white dude. I am, you know, <laughs> I'm the default custom character on a video game. I'm on the box. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see me Correct. on the front cover. So... But I, I do think, and again, not my area, but it does get better at naturally bringing new characters in who aren't just the core characters. I mean, we yeah. talked about this in this very episode. And look, what do you think? Look, there's something really interesting about this, Ellie, because I think that you're 21, right? So this story is written by boomers, essentially, people yeah. in their 50s and 60s for um, or about women in their 50s and 60s. Sure, yeah. And I think I've seen a lot of commentary from people who are younger and I get it. There's lots of problematic stuff. It's very awkward in spots. I get it. But it's also revolutionary because women's stories in their 50s and 60s like this don't get told. Mm. And also a lot of people and not all people, but a lot of people in their 50s and 60s actually really feel this awkwardness. Yeah. About this cultural shift. Because the world has changed. The world has changed yeah. and they're not really sure how to talk about it. They blunder a lot more than we would. Mm. And I and we blunder, I'm sure. We. I mean, yeah, me. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? And so I actually think that, yes, it's awkward to watch, but I also think if you've watched someone in their 50s and 60s trying to navigate <laughs> any of this stuff, it's awkward. Yeah. Because they don't know, like, what they're they're trying, and, and when they have the best of intentions, they're still putting their foot in it because they haven't grown up like Ellie would have in mm. a completely different society in a different way of being. And it's not that they can't become educated or woke in inverted commas, but it's awkward. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like being a teenager again and mm. being awkward and in this that transition stage. And so I actually feel like that's one of the reasons why people can't stop talking about this show because, yes, they've shoehorned a lot of stuff in, but listening to the writers talk about it in their 50s and 60s, this is all stuff that they've mined from their real lives. Mm. Like the situations we're seeing, maybe the podcast is a bit awkward, but over, no, other than it. putting the podcast aside, I think most of the other scenes, they actually have come from their real lives. Like the ice cream bowls thing that Miranda and Steve do is one of the writers actually does that with her husband. Right. The character storyline where Charlotte's daughter is talking about potentially coming out as non-binary. Oh, um, that's from real, I didn't know that. That's yeah, from one of the go. writers' real lives. Mm. And and so I think that these are things that people in their 50s and 60s are grappling with, so particularly you're, women. So you're saying is this show is just people, they're just trying. My God, they're trying to keep up. <laughs> Just cut them no, some slack. I, no, what I actually think about it is that women's stories haven't been told very much. Yeah, no. And I, they yep. still aren't told very much, particularly real true stories about women in their mm. 50s and 60s. I mean, for instance, it's just revolutionary that their faces look more like older women. Yeah. Right? Like even Seema, who is a character where she's very glamorous, she doesn't have much Botox. Mm. And you can tell, and it's bloody great. And it's the same with Serica Jessica Parker and Miranda with her white hair. Like those are all really deliberate choices, but it makes me want to cry when I think about it. And, yes, it's problematic, and I agree with you, Ellie, especially if you're 21 you're watching this, like what the bloody F have they done because it seems awkward in a lot of spots. But yeah. I think just as Sex and the City was really revolutionary for women at that particular time in a lot of ways and still problematic and awkward, and when you re-watch Sex and the City, there's a lot of it that's mm. really awkward. But but it was super awkward at the time and pushed the envelope and made people talk about it, whether yeah. or not they should have or shouldn't have gone to the particular places that mm. they've gone. And this is, I think, an episode where they've gone there with issues um, of racism. Mm. And they didn't talk so much about ageing in this particular one, but I think the underlying it's message still there, is there. Though, it's yeah. still there. And, you know, talking about regrets and talking about being a woman who hasn't ever found the love of their life into their 50s and 60s mm. and what that means as a woman 
And I just, sometimes I'm bloody tired of being a woman. (laughs) I just, you know, and I think that I just want more stuff like this. Yeah. And it's kind of strange in a way that a show that was so iconic had to kind of force like there aren't more shows like this, right? Like there's Grace, mm. um, Grace and, I think and Frankie. the only reason it exists is because it was a popular show and it has been 20 years and you can. That's what I mean. Back, yeah. and, and I think I saw an interview with Kristen Davis who said the same thing, that she was like one of the reasons we wanted to do this is because there's very little appetite with execs for funding TV shows where yeah. the women are in their 50s and 60s and they're the main characters. There's yeah. very little appetite for it. And so it was just so thrilling that we could produce this and make it and that people mm. would actually, you know, it would become a massive success and it's sort of assured, even if it was terrible, it was going to make people money. Watch it, yeah. And I just want more stuff like this and so, yeah. All right. But also I'm going to check out The Power because that sounds awesome. Okay, well, I um I will also check it out. I'm going to check it out first actually. Yes, so let's just end it there. This feels like a bit of a heavy one this it week. It does. It was it? a heavy yeah. one. I'm in that mood as well. Yeah. But also there is some really heavy themes in this, I think. Sure. And, also, and heavy real-life things going on around the show. Yeah, it exactly. It's just more of the same bullshit that women have to be put, put up with mm. forever and we've been putting up with it for hundreds of years and I'm thousands of years and I just feel like we all need to be like Naomi Alderton's book, The Power, and women need to get the power to electric people and become the dominant gender and then we'd all be fine. I agree. In matter of fact, I uh, heartily endorse that book. I've already read it and I already know all the things and agree with it also. <laughs> I am up to date with what children are doing. Not children, young adults. It's good that you're just leaning into your real white man. You got um, to. Stereotype over there. You got to lean into it. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. Hope you we have will. a safe and happy Christmas. You too. Um, you too yeah. Me too? Oh, yeah. Well, I you don't also wish that. I do. <laughs> I know. I Yes. What am I saying? I've lost the plot now. Thank you to our colleagues. Just, my brain cells will stop working That's after right. all my rage. <laughs> you did go on, you did rage out just prior to this, uh, to us watching. Yeah, I really did. I just, can't everyone just be nice to each other? And by people, I mean men in particular. Can you just be nice to each other and and to women? On on behalf of all men, no, we can't. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just just stop getting your willy out at inappropriate times. Oh, fine, all all right. I thank you also to Raw Collings, uh, who's a man and wonderful. Just want to point out, not all men, I'm that guy. Not all men, (laughs) I'm that guy. Which is also the worst thing you could say. Not me. Nobody's targeting you in particular. Everybody just relax. Anyway, I'm sending lots of love out to everybody this week um, with Christmas. And thank you. We will be here again next week. And we'll never stop. Where will the journey go? Who knows? Samantha's coming back. (laughs) All right. right. We've been Suggestible Podcast. Thank you to Raw Callings. Suggestible in the City. I'm Claire Tonti. Yes, Suggestible in the City. Send us your emails to suggestiblepod at gmail.com. Correct. I'm Claire Tonti. James Clement is here. And we will see you next week or on Thursday when our yeah. next episode comes out. Yeah. Oh, and you can check out our Christmas special. Oh, yeah, we did a Christmas special. We did. Yeah. came out today. It's over there. Oh, Same, Apple uh, different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.